I'm going to open up with prayer. Father, we come before the throne of grace to enter into your gates with praise and your courts with thanksgiving, where your mercy and grace reign supremely. We lay ourselves down on your mercy seat to surrender our will, to surrender our minds, our souls, and our bodies to you as we declare Jesus as our Jehovah Adonai. We humbly become before your presence, seeking your face, proclaiming, Our Father, who art in heaven, thank you for the privilege to call you Abba Father. And to thank you, Father, for accepting us, making us your sons, and no longer just your creation, but having sonship and joint heir with Jesus Christ, whom we have accepted as our Savior and Lord. We hallow your name here in this place and in this earth. Let your kingdom reign in our life today. Let your perfect will be done as it is in heaven, for we surrender our all to you. Lord, give us this day spiritual food as well as natural food, which will be revelation of your will, which we will which will suspend us above these natural circumstances. Thank you for your mercy and grace, Lord, for the forgiveness of our sins, for we have chose by faith to forgive those who have sinned against us. And we ask them to forgive us for holding aught and offenses against them by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Lord, for leading us away from all temptation and for delivering us from all evil. For you are our Jehovah Nisi, our banner of love. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, you, Lord, will lift up a standard against him. And thereby we are safe. Thank you for hearing and answering our petition that we humbly present to your court, to the highest judge in the universe. You are our Jehovah Shalom, our peace beyond all understanding. You are our righteousness, Jehovah Tiskanu. You are our Jehovah Shema, who will never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore, we will praise you all the days of our life and give you all the glory, for we are saved and we are filled with the Spirit, and we are healed, and we have the victory. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we give this declaration. Amen. And praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for revealing to me the things that we need to know out of your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the title of this message today is, Abide in Me, for I am the true vine. And it comes out of John 15, 1 through 17. And this happens to be really one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I hadn't visited for a while. But uh, John 15, and I'm going to read the verses 1 through 17, and then we'll go back through them and just kind of dissect them a little bit. And we all know that this Jesus is speaking because it's in red, right? <laughs> and it says... I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, which means I am the genuine vine. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word, or because of the word, unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except to abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, 
you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the father have loved me, so have I loved you continued in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Amen. Isn't that a good chapter? Now, in chapter 14 of John, Jesus tells the disciples what he will be doing for them. But here in John 15, he's telling them what they will be doing for them. For him. Amen? Okay, so uh, going back at the very beginning, we need to understand that um, Jesus, who is the genuine vine, is the true vine, is the tree that's rooted and grounded in the earth. And God is the one who dresses the vine. So, therefore, everything that we need is within. Uh, our Father and Jesus Christ. So, if you are connected, it says, every branch in me that bear it not fruit, so you got to be connected to Jesus Christ in order to be able to bear fruit and produce fruit, amen, that comes from the Father. So, this is just more affirmation concerning your salvation. That you cannot get to the Father unless you come through Jesus Christ. Amen? But through him and because of him, we will be able to bear a lot. We will be able to do much. Okay? This is a covenant relationship. And, it, and this is how we are to function. In union together with Christ which is a constant reciprocation. He gives, we receive, and then we give back. And it's a constant going on. Oh, God, help me, Holy Ghost. He gives. And what he gives to us 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can give back greater to him. The parable in Mark 4 that says that the seed that is planted based on our faith determines how much we of an increase we can make to give back. God told the one who went and buried that one little gift that he had gotten, buried it in the ground, and he told him, you could have made something out of that, but you chose to bury it. I expect to get an increase. I don't expect to get the same thing I gave you. I expect to have an increase on what I have given you. So you take what I've given you and cause it to multiply and to increase and not show up in my face talking about, well, here's what you gave me, Lord. I kept it for you. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus. Think about it. In a healthy marriage relationship, what is another covenant, because of love, when the man gives to his wife because of his love, it causes her to want to give back more to him than what he actually gave to her. And so that's a constant thing because the more she gives and he wants to outdo what she's given and he gives more and it goes on and on and on and on. When we pattern our relationship off of our relationship with Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, and with our Father who art in heaven. Amen? He says, be in union with Christ as a believer. And when you are in union with Christ as a believer, you can conquer sin because Christ lives in you. Okay, hold your spot there, and let's go over to Galatians 2.20, which confirms that statement. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So in other words, as a newborn believer, as a, as a newborn creation in Christ, because you've given your life to Christ, you are not living your life like you lived before Christ. Although we always be saying, I, my, me, you, your life is being lived through Christ who lives in you. Okay, help me, Holy Ghost, because I ain't getting no help here. In other words, all that I do, I do in through Jesus, who now causes me to act different than how I used to act, causes me to think totally different than how I used to think. I, I move and have my being in him. Therefore, it's not me that lives. It is Christ who lives in me. We need to focus on that and stop acting like we were acting before we said yes to Jesus. Because I hear a lot of people say that, um, oh boy, but I got a life. No, you really, you don't. Since you're choosing to do it outside of Christ, you don't have a life. You are dead. You're walking dead people. What was that movie to come on? Dead men walking. D dead men walking. <laughs> okay. If you want to live, then ask Jesus to live in you. And then trust him 
to lead and guide you and direct you as to what you should be doing in life. Amen. Now, um, let's look at, we're going to go back over to John, but let's look at the definition of abide. That's a powerful word, abide. And when I looked it up in my concordance, it says to stay in a given place, state, relationship, or expectancy. Dwell, remain. And it says, thine own. Okay. To abide means to stay in a given place or state. When I say state, I'm not talking about the United States of America. I'm talking about a state of being. Relation or expectancy to dwell. I like that word better. To dwell and to remain. Okay. Thine own, who thine, the father, to remain the father, to belong to him. So when he says, abide in me as I have abide in you, then you do everything within Jesus Christ. You don't live outside of the perimeters of Jesus Christ. Because I know as Christians, we tend to do anything else we want to do Monday through the Sabbath, but then on those days that we have to come to church, now, you know, you, you walk and live like Christ. And, you know, Christ is saying, I'm abiding in you, and you can't take me to some of them places you like to go. You can't say some of those things you've been accustomed to saying, and, 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 and it was popular with people, and, and everybody laughed and enjoyed it. That's not going to work, because I don't talk like that. <laughs> and I'm breathing through you. So what's your issue? That you want to spew out of your mouth stuff that is profaning who I am. I can't even think it, says the Lord. Ah, oh, glory, 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 glory. I want God to abide in me. And I want to abide in him always. I remember the first miracle, physical miracle that I experienced because I was being led by the Holy Spirit, not because of how much I know. I was um, bathing and I felt this knot. And a fear popped in, and I says, oh, Lord, I got cancer. <laughs> okay. Just as quickly as Satan planted that seed of fear in my mind, God brought up his word in my heart. And it was John 15. And I began to start saying, Father, since you abide in me, I abide in you. And because you abide in me and your word abide in me, I am healed in the name of Jesus. I felt the knot dissipate. I felt it go because I kept my hand right there on that spot. And it, it, it disappeared like immediately. Of course, then I was just praising him and worshiping him. Amen. So I know God's word work. I know the power of the Holy Ghost is there to help us to encourage us, but it's by our faith to trust. But see, 
God didn't want me to be in that state. And he caused his word to resurrect in me at, the, at a particular time. But had I not put that word in me at another time, it wouldn't have been any there, anything there to resurrect. But because I had put it in, ah, glory. Because I put the seed in, it came out as a harvest. See, it came in as a word, but it came out as healing. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. Is to put it in so that we will come up with greater in the name of Jesus. We find comfort, security, and peace abiding or dwelling in our homes. But struggle to abide in Christ. Who is our new home after our new birth. Amen. These structural houses can't do for you what God can do. Amen. We will be far more successful if we labor more to abide in Christ as he abides in us. Now, what the Lord does is he uses um, uh, vegetation, more or less, but he's really talking about the, the uh, vineyard. But he uses vegetation to give us an idea about how it works when Christ is in us and we're in Christ and we're producing fruit. So any vegetation that is disconnected from the root, then it comes up, it is uprooted out of the ground, it dries up and die. Now think about that. So when we are disconnected from Jesus, even though you've not had a physical death, you've had a spiritual and emotional death that's worse than being physically dead. Amen. Well, that's what happens when we don't connect up with Jesus through his word and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus uses the analogy of a grapevine, which means he is the main branch of the tree and God is the vine dresser, which means then if we're connected to Jesus, then we are being watered. Oh, glory. <laughs> God is watering us through his word. And when he waters us through the word, then we get to grow. We become renewed, refreshed. Amen. And when the thorns and thistles try to rise up, he pushes them away. He keeps them away. And he keeps them from choking out the life in us. Okay. And if the branch pulls away. If you pull away from the vine yourself, then you dry up. And the only thing that you're good for is to go into a fireplace. No one else can snatch you away because of the vine dresser who wants to keep you. And he will and he shall keep you if you stay connected. No one else can snatch you away out of his hand. But you can move away out of his hand. And when you move away, then you dry up. 
and you can't produce any kind of fruit. Amen. See, the branch dies when it falls off. When the branch falls off or the leaf falls off, it dies because it has no nourishment. It is not getting any nourishment because it's no longer connected to the root. That's what happens with us. When we decide we're going to do our own thing, but God understands we have just disconnected from the vine and he can't feed us the spiritual food that we need to keep us going, to cause us to rise above life circumstances. Amen. And therefore, let a strong wind come and you're just blown away. Let false lying tongues begin to speak and your heart faint because you are believing in what you're hearing and not what you know because you've been disconnected to what you know. Therefore, the blood is not flowing through from the Father to you because you have disconnect and life is in the blood. Life is in the blood of Jesus. So you got to stay connected to the vine in order for you to be nourished, to keep on going beyond your understanding beyond what is being produced before you because he says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world so it don't matter about what's going on in the world he says I have you I will cause you to suspend over all that's going on I will save you and I will keep you in the midst in the midst of the hell that's going on amen when we have surrendered to God and stay connected in Jesus, we are protected by the Holy Spirit. We may get damaged, but not destroyed. Because he comes to restore all. Remember I said he pushes away the thorns and the thistles. You may be a little damaged, but he'll come and restore you. And when he restores us, we were better than we were before. Amen. We may get down, but he will lift us up where you will not be destroyed and go all the way down. You may fall, but he will get you up, dress you up, and you'll look better than you did before you fell. Amen. We may get weary, but it doesn't matter. Just like when the flower needs some water, all you got to do is let the word of the the one of the word get in you and he'll give you the word God shall <laughs> because let me tell you he'll give you the word that you need in the time of trouble you don't have to go to your concordance or the, the, the context look it up for what word do I need to do this Lord no he said I will give you what you need the Holy Spirit was speaking to you at the time of the need and then when you speak the word it flourishes causes you to rise up like a cedar in Lebanon. Hallelujah, Jesus. You'll have new life rising up in you. Trust the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding in all your ways, and he shall, he shall direct your path. Amen. When Jesus speaks of the vine in a negative form, he is referring to Israel because they were the chosen. Amen? Whom salvation was first given but they rejected him. So they cut themselves off. Amen. But the good news is. He's not going to let them stay away. Amen. He's not going to let them stay away. And that should be good news to us. Since we inherit salvation through them. Amen. He will receive them again. When he comes back. 
at the second coming. He will receive them, dress them up, and purge them. Without Jesus, we are either not bearing fruit or looking like the world, which means we're exuding bad fruit. Okay? Now, Galatians 5, 22 to 23 tells us the types of fruit we are to bear because you don't know what kind of fruit you need to be bearing. Just go over there to Galatians 5, 22 to 23, and, and it'll tell you what kind of fruit you need to be bearing. Now, it, it, it produces the fruit through the Holy Spirit, right? Okay. So, we will be able, through the power of the Holy Spirit, produce the fruit of love. God's kind of love. That's sexual lust. That's not love. It is just what I said. Sexual lust. Produce love, peace, gentleness, faith, joy, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, and temperance. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read out of my commentary what each one of them actually means to us. And it says, love is the willing, sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of another without thought of return. Now, it says oneself. It didn't say your gains. As Christians, some of us, it's real easy to pass out stuff. But not have any time for a person when they're in a need. Okay, let me read the definition again. Sacrificial giving of oneself for the benefit of another without thought of return. Now, what are you going to do for me? Are you going to be there for me? You don't even have to worry about that. You know why? Because God says give, and it should be given. And when he was talking about this in Luke, he was not talking about money. He was talking about love. And it should be given back to you. How? Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Don't worry about the person that you're helping. Are they going to be there for you? Because God already has somebody else planned to be there for you. So don't look for reciprocation from those, those people. Because when you do it with that in mind, you're doing it with the wrong attitude. And God ponders our heart. You know, uh, he doesn't look at the action. He ponders the heart behind, behind the action. Okay? Joy is gladness of heart. That means that it isn't a situation, people, circumstances that cause you to be joyful, but it's the Lord. So even when things are not the way that you would want them, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and your joy is not predicated on circumstances or people. Peace. It's tranquility of mind, freeing one from worry and fear. And only through the Holy Spirit can you have peace when there's things up there that says you should be fearful. So you have to learn how to sit in his face and if do nothing but, Lord, I thank you for your peace. Lord, I thank you for your peace until it resonates enough for you to start rehearsing the thing that's causing the fear. You know how we sit up and we rehearse those situations over and over and over again. 
but God will give you the peace. Because he's saying, you can't do anything about that, obviously. If you could, you would have done something. And so I will take care of it, but I want you to be at peace until your eyes see the manifestation of what I'm doing in the spirit. Okay? Um, it says, um, peace is tranquility, my friend, one from worry and fear. Long-suffering. Now, this is one that Christians don't want to hear about. Okay? It's called patience. Patience with others. The opposite of a short temper. A disposition quietly bearing injury. Oh, see, that's why people don't want to hear about that. <laughs> but, do you, but another word for that would be humility. And that's a strength. Yeah. It is a strength to be able to be patient and accepting injury without retaliation that's power amen and and it can only come from the holy spirit and uh, uh, gentleness is another word for that is kindness and goodness is generosity now that's when you want to dish out your gains and faith here is dependability that means that you are consistent and what you believe. Not like a seesaw going up and down. Meekness is gentleness. And that is being courteous and considerate in one's relationship with others. And temperance is self-control. That is the ability to harness and control one's passions and lust. Now that passion and lust, it's... It, it, is not only, but it does apply to sexual things. It is having things the way you think that they should be. Amen. It's being even tempered. No matter what is going on. I'm telling you, to be a Christian, you can't live without the Holy Spirit. And you have to employ him. On a regular basis in your life. That means Holy Spirit help me. At all times. Because this one word temperance. Is such a challenge. For most of us. I think the a person who operates in that. Must be operated in the gift of temperance. <laughs> Not just the fruit. <laughs> Amen. But. That's what the kind of fruit that Jesus is expecting us to manifest. When we don't manifest that type of fruit, that's when he does the purging. That's what he's doing is stripping away our old character, which are flaws, so that he can put his fruit in us. And when we don't succumb to the workings of the Holy Spirit to do that, then you are cut off. And cut away. Amen? Amen? Because that's by, by a choice. You choose not to operate in his fruit. Yes, we are weak. Because we're human. But we've been given a spirit of power. 
love and a sound mind, which means in my weakness, I can speak out what your word says I'm supposed to do, which would make me strong and cause me to rise up above my weakness. Because my words, since they come from your word, will employ your spirit to work on my behalf. Being silent, doing these struggles, is a setup for a setback. You must begin to speak what thus says the Lord to overcome. To overcome the issues that you are facing. And the greatest issues that we face in this world is our own strongholds. Not other people. It's our own strongholds. Amen. That's what we need to be struggling and fighting against. So that we can rise above these things. If we can't get let the Lord work in us, out of us, what is causing us to have been bound all of our days, you can't overcome the cares of this world. Because you're going to be sensitive to every little thing that has, most of it don't even have anything to do with you. Because you are so bound, so dysfunctional. Strongholds have you where now inside of us are certain emotions that are built in that doesn't glorify God and can't edify another soul and it doesn't sanctify you. And because you've been operating in it all of your days, you're blind to the fact that it's a problem. You think you're okay. I know my mother used to get on me um, for being arrogant, which I'm not arrogant, but she was always talking to me about being arrogant and praying for me. This is before I became a Christian. So, of course, I'm not arrogant. What are you talking about? Okay. When I got saved and I saw an example of it, I'm like, oh my God. I was so embarrassed. I'm thinking, you were acting like you had it going on and you were being a complete fool. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. But that's how we are when we think we're right without seeking God first. We operate in extreme foolishness, but we can't see how we really are. This is why you need to humble yourself because sometimes other people can see, most times other people can see in you what you can't see. And because you haven't seen it, don't kick it out. Go to the Lord and ask him, is this what's in me? Show me, Lord, because I want to be free. And I don't want to walk around being deceived by the enemy thinking that I'm okay when in fact I need deliverance. And let me tell you something. I don't care how long you've been saved, how well you speak in tongues, and how great of a prayer you are, you're going to need deliverance until Jesus returns. It will not arrive on this side of heaven. So we have to constantly be in his face 
asking him to free me, deliver me, heal me, purge me, cleanse me. It does not end until we see Jesus face to face to take us back with him. Do you understand? Because there's no good thing in the flesh. No good thing in the flesh. Excuse me. And the spirit of intellect will have you deceived. Because it's a Greek spirit. And anything that is not of the Holy Spirit, you don't want no parts of it. Why do you think the word says, you haven't given me a spirit of fear. A spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I, I hit on something just then. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Father. Thank you for deliverance, freedom, understanding. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, <clears throat> okay, let's go back over to John. And I'm going to try to climax this. Glory to your name, Father. Verses 10 through 17, we're going to cover. When Jesus says that the commandment he's given us is to abide in, in love so that we will be connected to the Father and, and unto Jesus. And he says, and I've, I've given you this command because this is the only way that your joy can be maintained because it's in me. And also that my joy be fulfilled because you're doing what you were called to do. Amen. And then he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Hmm. He says, you are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. So we are his friends because we're obeying his word. Not because you just got saved. You are, you, is, you are his child because of salvation. But you are his friend because you obey him. So he says, henceforth, I call you not servants. Now, Wednesday, we learned about how we became slaves, which is another word for servant, to the Lord. We are slaves to him. But he says, you're not, you're, you're, you're not a slave anymore to that extent. You have graduated. And you are a friend because a slave knoweth not what his Lord doeth. A slave does not have an intimate relationship abiding in his Lord to know who his Lord is and what his Lord can do for him. Amen. So now I'm calling you a friend because we are connected together and you understand my ways and you can follow my ways through the power of the Holy Spirit. That makes you a friend now. Are y'all with me? Yes. Are y'all excited about the word? Because yes. some of you look like, really? Okay. Then he talks about how you didn't choose me. I chose you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit because with, if I hadn't, you wouldn't be able to produce the fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. You don't just produce it one day and then next week you don't have any. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now why? Because there's another scripture, I think it's in Psalms 37, that he says that he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, why? Because you are connected to the Father by being one with Jesus. 
And because you become one with Jesus and you're, you're learning to live for him by his word, you're living according to his word. And because you're living according to his word and seeking your way through his word, whatever you ask will line up with his word. Therefore, you can have whatever you say. Amen. So don't mean that uh, you can just ask any off-the-wall stuff and think you're going to get it. It's got to line up with his word. And because you are solely connected, abiding, dwelling in union with him in a covenant, now you're going to only ask what lines up out of this word and nothing else. Therefore, you shall have what you say. Because he's a man of his word and honor, and he will... He will cause it to operate according to how he desires it to do. Amen? Amen. Okay, so the key to success and victory is obedience to the Lord's commands. And here are six results as you are obeying his command and abiding in him. This are the six results that comes from that. One is abiding in his love. And you find that in verse 10. One of the, uh, the, the results is abiding in his love by obeying his command. And what was the one great command that he gave? That you will love him with all of your heart. Your, he says with your whole heart. That's what it says in the Bible. Love me with your whole heart. With your mind, your body, and your soul. That's the greatest commandment. Then love your neighbor as yourself. When we obey those commands, one of the results is abiding in his love. That means I don't go in and out. Second, full joy. I have full joy. And you'll find that in verse 11. Third, I would have love for one another. I can love other people without them having to do anything for me. And you'll find that in verses 12, 13, and 17. Fourth, I'm a friend, not a servant. And that is in verses 14 and 15. Fifth, the fruit that I produce remain. The fruit remains. Verse 16. And six, my prayers are answered. Verse 16. Isn't that interesting? There are 16, re I mean, I'm sorry, six results as uh, the obedience to God's command. The number six represents man. Man is weak. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. But when we operate according to God's way and with his commands, we get a good result. Amen. And all of this is accomplished by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is why we must daily surrender our all and all of our members to Jesus. The songs that you chose today fit right in line with the message I surrender all, and then the other one about abiding, okay, in, in, in the Lord. So, I, I must surrender my all to him daily, and my members, what am I talking about with my members? When the Lord told us to love him with our whole heart, one member, with your soul, two, with your mind, three, with your body, 
four. That's the members of your, of your component structured. And that's what he wants us to love him with, with all of us. Not with a portion of us, but with all of us. Amen? And what we have to recognize when he says, I, I chose you, you didn't choose me. The call, because I hear people talking about the call and they think it's a call to a, uh, a spiritual office in the church. The call is to salvation. That's the call. He calls us to salvation. And the call is for whosoever will, for all, but unfortunately, only a few will receive. Okay? Chosen is for salvation and service. So he called us to him, and he chose us to do things for him, and that's when you can get into the ministry gifts. The chosen part. Okay? You cannot serve God if you haven't answered the call. We've got people who want to serve in ministry gifts areas, but have not surrendered their will and their way to the call. Because in the call is where the work goes in on. In the call, remember what he said? When he calls us to him, we are to abide in him. And when we abide in him, he cleanses us from all that other stuff to purify us in order for us to produce fruit. So you need to first recognize the call to be clean so that he can prepare you to do the chosen work. Lazy people cannot serve God. Why? Because lazy, procrastinating people, things got to be done in a certain way, uh, a certain time, and, 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 you know, or, or, well, see, that's why you few saints here going to be blessed because you didn't let obstacles prevent you from showing up. See, when you're not lazy, then you are ready to serve in season and out of season. In season and out of season. You're always prepared. Okay? And that scripture is in 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. Season, season means well time, opportune time, convenient time. Now that convenience is not for your convenience. He's not talking about he wants to make it convenient for you to serve. The convenient is for the people you're going to serve. Okay? Because you want to be ready. Spiritually, mentally. So when God says go do, you'll do it. In order to do the work in the proper timing that's going to benefit someone else. So it's in a time of need. You know, you have to be ready to shut some stuff down, let something go in order to do what God is told, wants you to do. It cannot be when it's convenient for you because you don't have nothing else going on. Or um, you, 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 you got these appointments and so, you know, well, this is my, my, my appointment time, so no, uh-uh, I, 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 I can't go and serve you today because I have things to do. I didn't get enough sleep last night, so, 
Y'all know how you, how you roll. <laughs> okay. It's got to be inconvenient. Let me tell you, we're doing something that's inconvenient that most of us are not accustomed to doing, and, and that is standing outside when it's cold, protesting. <laughs> Amen? But we got to do it because this is necessary in order for God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So what do we do? Since if you don't handle cold weather well, then layer up, bundle up. Because let me tell you, if you're walking and praying back and forth, and I'm not talking about praying like God heat me up or make me feel calm. I'm not talking about those kind of prayers. You're praying about the cause. You'll forget how cold you are until you leave and your hands feel like they're going to fall off or whatever. You realize, oh, I did get kind of cold out there, didn't I? But you ain't nothing going to happen to you. You're going to live. You, you follow what I'm saying? Yes. There's sometimes we have to be put at a convenience in order for God to do what's necessary because the people at the other end of your obedience is standing waiting for something that God's timing don't mix in with your timing and you can't be concerned about your time so those people don't miss their purpose, perfect time with the Lord. You're going to have to let the bed go sometime. Get up. Get to stepping. There's things that we will have to do. And well, let me tell you something. When you make that kind of sacrifice because you love the Lord, he restores to you far more than what you thought you lost. He restores your sleep. He restores your strength. Everything. The day seems much longer. I accomplish more. My energy level escalates when I make a decision to do something for God when I'm like well I got this to do and I got that to do no put it aside God will work it out because he is more concerned about souls not going to hell than he is about how much sleep how warm you are or what appointment you need to make or who you need to meet or what you need to eat Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Life is far more important than that. It's about souls not going to hell. Amen. So we have to be instant, in season, and out of season. Let me tell on me. I used to, I used to walk five miles a day. And I really never really liked walking with anybody else because that was also my prayer time. And where did I, I had to, I was walking outside. I used to go around to Ford, Henry Ford High School track and walk around there. But if something was going on, I had to walk somewhere else. And I ended up walking in one of the malls. I think it was Northland, which, oh, God. I hated to go to that Northland mall to walk because you thought you were at a fashion show of walkers. They were up there grandstanding, meeting, greeting. I was up there to exercise. So, the, you know, actually, the, the most I did was wash my faith and brush my teeth. Because I figured when I get through sweating, I'm going to come home and take a shower. So I, I put on anything. I'm not going up there trying to catch or be caught. 
or anything, okay? And this particular time I went there, this lady came up to me, caught up with me, and just started talking. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Well, she happened to be a prophetess. And I don't know what made her connect with me, but she did, and I couldn't shake her. And so, so if, af, after that, we were in constant contact. Well, I didn't know that she was being brought into my life for a reason. And that reason was for me to comprehend, to be instant in season and out of season. Because I do routine things before I leave home in the morning. And she came by one day, and that was the other thing, is that you just pop up and you don't call ever, you know. <laughs> and so she came by and she said, we, we needed to go somewhere to do some kind of ministry. And, and, and I said, well, I have to get ready. And I can't go for whatever time I told her because... And my getting ready, getting dressed was I had to make up my bed, make sure my room was clean. You know, I had to go through this whole thing because I'm not leaving home with my house not in a certain condition, okay? And she said, you don't have time for that. She said, when God tells you to go, you need to be ready to go. I'm like, oh, God, okay. So I left home, bed unmade. I don't even like to get in a bed that's unmade. And just barely got myself to, together but I went and 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 of course what we had to do because I don't even remember what what we did in ministry but it's so fulfilling that you, you're not hanging on to what you didn't do or what you didn't accomplish or any of any of that so she did that a few times with me till I was broken Amen. okay I come back I can take care of it I was broken because I needed to be ready when God says go, go. And all your little idiosyncrasies, he got it covered. He can handle that. You know, how arrogant that, to think that he can't make amends for what I didn't get to do. Because it didn't fit my criteria. You follow what I'm saying? So, after I, I learned the lesson from her. Oh, of course, she has bonded. And so she wants to spend all this time with me and constant calling and all of that. And I had to, the Lord said, the season is over. And you're going to have to break the relationship. I'm like, how am I going to do this? Because you're talking about a very um, uh, aggressive person. So I had to break that relationship with her because my relationship with her wasn't about she and I being friends. And, and, and ministering together, it was she was supposed to come in here, come in my life to awaken me, to, for me to be delivered from a stronghold. And after that, it was over, okay? Because I didn't need people, nobody that's just popping up all the time in my life at any hour, day or night or whatever, okay? So I had to break that relationship. But I thank God for that time because I wouldn't be in a position where if something comes up that says I need to minister, I'm not going to fret about what I need to do domestically or any other way. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this and get it, to get it done for the Lord. Amen? Yeah. So I know 
that it works. And if it works on someone, because I am a structured person and an organized person, which it's, it's, it's a plus, but it also can be a, be a minus, okay? So I'm telling you this to say, if I can do it, <laughs> anybody can do it, okay? The first thing I do when I get back home is my routine. I don't even sit and rest or anything. I just get busy, okay? But the benefits far outweigh the inconvenience. That's the point that I want to make. The benefits far outweigh the inconvenience. Amen? And that's what's most important is that God is pleased that you have fulfilled what he has in store for you to do. When, when I was walking and one day I says, Lord, I'm yours. Do whatever you want with me. And he says, do you know what you're saying? I know, but I'm afraid. And, I'm, and I know one thing, I can't go backwards. I did not realize when I said that what doors was being opened. Okay, I didn't have a clue. But nevertheless, I said it, and I have to walk through it. So that means I have to be open and available for what he wants me to do when he wants me to do it. Amen? Amen. Therefore, that is my life. People tell me, you don't have a life. That is my life. And I'm so glad living in this age right now that we're living in, I wouldn't want to have to depend on anything else but this kind of a life because it's the only thing right now that's bringing real joy in my life. Amen? Oh, so being called and chosen is an honor and a privilege and we need to be thanking God every day that he first called us and then he have chosen us to do work for him in his kingdom amen the end <laughs> praise the Lord okay I'll do the benediction oh, I think I'll do something a little bit different praise the Lord thank you Jesus he is so wonderful. Where would we be? You know, he has kept us. I'm talking about the reconciled church. Those who are not here, I'm talking about all of us. How he has kept us. And we've been coming in health. <laughs> no diseases. Glory. No job losses, actual promotions and increases, new homes, all of this while everything else seems to be falling apart. We have so much to be thankful and grateful for. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. And above all, he has kept our minds. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'm looking for a special prayer. Glory to his name. Ah, thank you, Jesus. I cease not to give thanks for you all, making mention of you in my prayers. 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened and you may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and have put all things under his feet, gave to be the head of all things to the church. Thank you, Jesus, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. God, we thank you for your gift of salvation, the gift of prayer, the gift of your Holy Spirit, and the gift of your living word. And we celebrate life in you. And this is the day that you've made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you for divine protection and divine intervention over your believers this day. And as they leave here, I pray and plead the blood over every mode of transportation that will be used, Father, and that they will get to their next destination safely. And when they arrive around somebody that they haven't seen or the first time, they will be able to tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. and praise the Lord.